We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What is good, folks? Welcome back into Ain't No Seats. We're here to talk about the five, the now 5-2 and two Kansas football Jayhawks. They lost 52-42 in Norman this weekend. Crazy game. Um, Oklahoma had close to 500 yards of total offense in the first half. OU's up-tempo style offense really gave our defense fits. Um, I'm kind of – I'm not sure where my head is with this team right now. I still think they can compete almost every week. So I kind of wanted to ask you, A.B., just where you stand right now with this team and your expectations for the rest of the year. I feel fine, I think. Um, like you mentioned the up-tempo thing, and that's just something that they're going to have to get used to. Like – I would assume other teams are going to watch that film and just kind of hammer that home. But I don't think everyone's built like Oklahoma to do that every Mm -hmm. single drive. Um, But I mean, yeah, that absolutely fucked us this week. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We normally, I feel like we platoon our defensive line. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, they switched so much and they just never had a chance to, and we don't have the talent or athleticism to like match up with that. And I think that's like the biggest, the thing that messed with us the most. Yeah, and I think a lot of us were hopeful. Obviously, we don't want a guy to be hurt, but maybe hopeful Dylan Gabriel wasn't able to play. We saw 49-0 in the Red River Red River rivalry. I can't ever say that. It's tough. Um, it, smoothly. So, yeah, Gabriel, Gabriel played. Gabriel was awesome. They ran 100 plays, which is just outrageous. I think they ran it close to 40 or 50 times. Um, and it felt like five yards, every, five plus yards every play. Like, we weren't stopping them. We weren't getting tackles for losses. It was just up-tempo, marching down the field, and it felt like the biggest win ever. Anytime they would get a stop, I think we forced a couple punts. We won the turnover battle, which if you weren't on the pod last week, but if me and Ryan would have talked about Kansas winning the turnover battle against Oklahoma, I would have said we'd have a great chance to win or maybe have the ball late in a close game. But, yeah, Gabriel fumbles. I think it was 14-all. And our offense have been marching. They marched the first two drives. They answered OU touchdown drives. And it's 14-all. OU's driving in our territory. Gabriel fumbles, or and we um, we recover it. And then we end up going three and out, which felt like a huge momentum swing, I think, if we would have put a drive together there. Things would have changed. KU could have went into the half down seven or tied, and we got the ball coming out. But 
Yeah, it was so it's super tough to t- stop that offense, and I think we should have known it was a bad matchup for Kansas's defense. We just talked about it. Our guy, we like to sub a lot of guys in, bring a lot of guys in and out, and kind of like Eddie Wilson, for example, the big defensive tackle. We bring him in on short yarded situations, and you just don't have a chance to sub guys in when they're going that quick, that up tempo, and it was kind of crazy. We should have known. OU got blown out 49-0 to Texas. It had been embarrassing. There's probably a lot of things being said about the coaching staff in Norman, so we should have known OU was going to come out hot. But I kind of wanted to know how you felt just leaving the – like you watch the game, you sit down and watch the game, how you felt after the game was over. Because at first, obviously, you're upset you're going to lose. You lose. KU's 5-0. and You, you kind of get your hopes up. You want to get to bowl eligible. So I wasn't too upset after the game, like just kind of thinking like Kansas's offense still put up 40 plus. I still think we can hang with any team. I kind of told myself it was a bad matchup. So I wanted to hear how you felt after the game. Yeah. Like going into it on Saturday, I think I spent the whole week telling myself, Oh, this line is like, doesn't make any sense at all to me. And then I woke up on Saturday and I was, yeah, Vegas probably knows something. We should have known that that kind of game was coming, but Overall, they're going to be fine, right? Like maybe that should yeah. be being hopeful, but we've talked about just brutal matchup, the way they played, the way that their athletes just out athletic us or whatever, however you put it. Um, so I think they'll be they, – and to me, like – and maybe this is just me not having a good football program to root for, but is there really a difference between going 6-6 six and six and 8-4? and four? Like you're in a mid-level bowl game. Like That's kind of where I think – I don't want to call it the season a failure if we don't get to six wins because based off if we would have told us ourselves two months ago that they were going to be five and two, we would have taken that and taken 30 years off of our life yeah. for that exact point. Mm-hmm. So I think they get one more. And at that point, you go to a bowl game, it's still a success um, and just keep chugging. But, yeah, it, it was definitely kind of a <laughs> a kick in the balls just to know that, oh, shit, yeah, this you know this team maybe isn't as good as we thought. But then again, and we haven't talked about this yet, it's the third straight week in a row. We've lost probably one of our top seven to 10 players on the roster with mm-hmm. Kobe going out and JD yeah. going out the week before and high going out against Iowa state. So it's like, yeah, if that happens to anyone, they're probably screwed. I mean, Oklahoma played with a backup quarterback two weeks ago and they're running wildcat the whole game. Cause they just couldn't do anything. So yeah, they're still good to take out of it. But I mean, there were some stupid mistakes that I would say we should be able to clean up, but I think we've kind of seen it enough with Jason being that those mistakes are just going to happen every single time he takes the field and you just kind of have to live with it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of what I had written down too, is talking about just bowling in general. And I think the KU fan in us kind of is hesitant or we kind of tell ourselves or ask ourselves almost how many winnable games are left. So it's like you're five and oh, last week it's tied with four minutes left. And you make a ton of mistakes and you had a chance to win. So I think losing to OU kind of brought me back to the TCU game to where it just hurts that we didn't end up finding a way to win that game, especially when you watch TCU this weekend. They kind of struggled on offense to start, but they find a way, which that game kind of has my hopes up for the rest of the year and all Mm -hmm. these teams we have to play. Like TCU, they beat Oklahoma State, obviously a top-10 team. They were undefeated, and that makes me think we can run with Oklahoma State. I know it was in Fort Worth, but – I don't see why we couldn't run with Oklahoma State. I think they're, we saw their defense be skeptical against a Central Michigan team early in the year, and then TCU came back and found a way to win that game. So that kind of told me we can run with – obviously, we ran with TCU there. I'm not sure what they are in the AP poll now. I didn't – do you do you know? Did you see uh, it yesterday? 
seven or eight, I think. Yeah, so they're a top 10 team undefeated. And not to pat myself on the back here, but I think I said two weeks ago that they're kind of a dark horse playoff team for me, which is kind of wild now because they have a great chance to win out. I talked to some K-State fans yesterday, which they they should be confident. The spread's only four or five. They think they're going to – they think they can go into Fort Worth and win that game, and if they do, they probably can play in the Big 12 title game. But the fact that we had TCU – had that game tied with four minutes left. We took the lead in the second half at one point, and our offense kind of did whatever they wanted in the second half, which I guess that leads to Bean. Throws for 264 touchdowns, came in the second half. Um, he came in the second half against TCU, which they didn't really – they didn't plan for Bean. Um, they planned for JD, so it's kind of tough to plan for a backup QB, which they didn't see last year. Oklahoma had a whole week to prepare for Bean. So they watched all the tape last year. Bean played against Oklahoma last year in Lawrence in a game that they almost won. So they had a whole week to prepare for him. He wasn't terrible. He led us on two drive, two touchdown scoring drives to start the game. OU comes out, scores in two minutes, two drives in a row. Bean leads us on touchdown drives. Lawrence Arnold made an awesome catch. Devin Neal had a touchdown. So they tied it early. Bean wasn't terrible. He made a couple mistakes, but I feel like that's going to come with Bean. We – we're down seven driving inside Oklahoma territory. And you got to give the Oklahoma defender a ton of credit on that pick. He leaped, got a hand on it, made a one, one handed interception, but it just sucks. It felt like he kind of threw the ball with a little too much velocity. We had a guy, oh. we, we had a guy wide open there um, on the sideline and KU's offense had a ton of momentum. I think if they put together a scoring drive there, even if it's a field goal, it changes the game because then Oklahoma goes down and scores, but just a ton of momentum uh, switches in this game. So I want to know how you felt overall about Bean's performance on Saturday. You mentioned he threw that one with a little too much velocity. That's just, that's every throw for him. I feel like he doesn't have a touch pass in him. There was, I can't remember exactly the outcome of the play I'm thinking of, but it was very similar to last week where he had Neil in the flat uh, on that last drive. And he just, yeah. I mean, completely overthrew mm. him, but way too much. I mean, he's a little bit of touch, and I feel like would just bring him a long way. But again, he's been playing college football for a long time, so it's kind of just he is what he is. Yeah, he's still electric out of the backfield if he gets open space. He still threw for two hundred and sixty-five yards and four touchdowns. Like Oklahoma's defense isn't great at all, but I mean, just think if he gets that ball over the defender that made the great play. And that other interception was not great either. And it's all no. what ifs. Yeah. And there's blame to go around. The defense gives up 700 yards and 52 points. But at the end of the day, like you kind of thought that was the way the game was going to be won is whoever gets 50 points. Just limit the mistakes a little bit. I think he's yeah. going to be fine. And also there are reports saying that Daniels is back after the bye. If that's the case, then just live with it. That's one more game of Jason Bean. We go into our bye, then we get the rest of the year. So. I, I'm not out on him. I think that'd no. be stupid to say anyone should be yeah. out on him because he can still. I mean, he put up 42 this game. He put up 30. What was it? 10 to three at halftime against TCU. So he put up 28. Yeah, four touchdowns. Yeah, and those. I mean, obviously Oklahoma's not having a great season, but you said TCU top 10 team. Oklahoma's probably going to end the year ranked, I would guess, if they just figure it out. I mean, they've been pretty solid, with Gabriel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't want to take like too much out of it, but. It's just one of those things where it's very frustrating because you feel like he's finally finding a groove and then one thing goes the wrong way and it's it's just a bad interception. Yeah, and it's tough. It's really tough to really get upset with him with that performance last week. And I know we're still talking about the TCU game, but his performance in the second half against TCU, it's tough to get mad at the pick. But 
a decision like that can change a game. And we talked about, me and Ryan talked about this last week, and everyone knows that that watches football. It's so hard to win football games. And we're going to be in a ton of close games, and we could lose a ton of games down the wire, um, down the stretch. So just one little mistake can cost you a football game. And I think last week a pick kind of got lazy on a throw and a pick to TCU when it was tied, and they end up scoring. And then late, you said the Neil, the pass to Neil in the flat. I think it's one of those throws where even if you underthrow him, there's not a guy that's within 10 yards of him. And that's the final drive down seven. You go score. Maybe you go for two. Goes to overtime. Who knows? But that's a pass you can't – that can't be an incompletion there. There's no one close to Neil. Um, it's so, a dumb yeah. ball for a reason. You just got to hit it. Like, that's, yeah. your safe, that's your safety net. It's probably not schemed up that way. But if that's kind of the point, if no one's there, that's your way to get a couple yards usually. But sometimes it breaks open. One more thing on Bean before we move on. I don't want to harp on one play too much. Yeah. Got to pick up that first down when you scramble and you dive like three yards short. I mean, they just got to have more awareness on that. Uh, Who knows what happens on that drive. I don't even remember what the point of the game at that point was, if we were down a touchdown or still tied or whatever. Was it right after the turnover maybe? There's so many possessions of that game I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma ran 100 plays. I just looked. They they had 40 – they had 57 carries on Saturday. God. And we couldn't stop one of them. (laughs) And, oh, oh my God, that's too. The end of yeah. the first half, it ended up not that's mattering because they didn't score. But good God, man. Like, just you can't give up a 40 yard run when they're literally trying to go to halftime. Yeah. It, yeah. You just can't do it. That's what I was going to lead into. I know we both tweeted about that play. It was, it looked like Oklahoma was going to run a little draw. And yeah, if they get the first down, they're going to go up tempo again and try to get points. But it's third and eight. You stuff them short of the line, they're obviously going to go into halftime. They didn't end up scoring, which they did score. They reviewed it, took it back. But that was a huge momentum shift, and that kind of leads into Bean's second interception. We're not even harping on Bean. He's been as solid as can be. It's a great backup quarterback. He had a great fall. He nearly won the starting job. So kind of leads into that second pick. Um, The end of the first half, Kenny Logan makes a great stop. The whole defense pretty much, third and goal at the one or two. We stop him twice. Kenny Logan makes a great tackle on Gray before the half. We stop him. I tweeted the gif or the picture that Ryan always tweets about sitting up in the seat. You're kind of just back. You're about to be down 21. Oklahoma's doing whatever they want. They get a stop. You're down 14. You get the ball coming out. We've been down 14 a couple times this year. You get the ball coming out. Down 14. Bean throws a pick, which was just awful. No one was there. Um, kind of threw it right to the guy. So, just a lot of momentum switches there. The pick that got tipped, the fumble, 14-all. KU has a chance to go up 21-14, and maybe you're tied at the half. But a ton of momentum changes. I can't really be too mad when you give up – they gave up 700-plus total yards. They gave up right. close That's... to 500 in the first half. I think it was 480. I don't know the exact mm-hmm. total, but they gave up close to 500 yards in the first half, and you were down 14 with the ball coming out. I don't think it was the worst spot to be in there, down 14 when you gave up that many yards. and. I mean, teams don't give up 480 in a game. It's just right. crazy to me. They gave up 700-plus yards and no more moral victories, but it was a 52-42 final. I still think there's positives. I'm not any more negative than I was. I'm still the same as I was. I really think Baylor's – I know Baylor's a better matchup. I think they can go into Waco and win that game and be 6-2. and two. And I saw someone saying earlier, it would have been a great, great week to have a bye this week. Super yeah. banged up. Give JD another week to rest. And that you said it with Bean in the first down marker. Um, that's that's a difference between JD and Bean. I think JD's the thing that's super underrated about JD is his football IQ. And 
we talked about it in the Houston game, so many plays and so many plays this year, honestly, where it's third down and JD just finds a way to pick up the first down and just knows where the sticks are. And as a QB, you have to know where the sticks are there with Bean. You pick up that first down, who knows? Maybe you go on a scoring drive, but then you punt it away to an offense that's going to go score in two minutes. So I guess that's a huge difference between JD. But yeah, the bye week, um, it would be huge this week. Obviously, it comes next week. And if you find a way to win, you're six and two, bull eligible. You get a bye week to rest some guys. I'm not sure where Jacoby's at. I saw the depth chart today. He was still a starter. Um, Bean and JD were listed as or, so it was Bean or Daniel. So who knows? Maybe he's back this Saturday. I have no idea what's going on there. You don't hear much. KU, the staff keeps it tight, um, tight-lipped, I guess, and the players do too. I think they have them train well to not let anything leak. So I'm not sure when JD will be back, but I have my hopes up on going into Waco, at least competing, maybe winning. Worst case, you're 5-3. and three. We would have taken that before the year. And then you have a bye and you're back home. And I think Oklahoma State showed they they blew a lead this weekend to TCU. So I think we have a chance to beat Oklahoma State at home, especially after a bye. And if we're six and two with a bye coming back to the booth, I think that place is gonna be that place is obviously gonna be rocking. It's gonna be sold out again. So I'm not any more negative on this team. My hopes haven't drained at all. I'm still all in on Kansas football. I think this program's in a great spot. So I don't know. I'm feeling good going forward still. Yeah, and there's there's winnable games left. Like Tech isn't anything special. Have you heard anything on Baylor's quarterback or their defensive no. tackle? No, so – They both got I hurt heard, on last Thursday. Yeah, so I've been looking around today just uh, listening to Dave Aranda and seeing articles on Aranda talking about it, and he said – he obviously it's probably coach speak. They don't want anything to get out and they don't, they probably don't want KU knowing Shapin's going to start or not. But he told the media, he said, I wish I could give you a yes or no. Cause he said that about Blake Shapin. Um, and then he said it about Craig Williams, their second leading uh, rusher, their second string running back. So could be without both. And if they are, they'll start Kyron drones who came in the West Virginia game on Thursday night. Um, and he's a red shirt freshman. So that's a, I mean, that's a massive difference. If drone starts, obviously you're all in on Kansas winning this game. I don't know why you wouldn't be. It's a redshirt freshman making his first start. He played, he was decent in Morgantown on Thursday night, but Shapin was damn good Thursday night. He yeah, was 14, Shapen. 14 Shapen's of sick. 22, 326 passing yards, two touchdowns, and he left in the early third. So he's yeah. sitting at 326 passing yards with nearly 30 minutes, 20 minutes, thir- I get, yeah, 30 minutes to go in the game. <laughs> and they were doing whatever they wanted. Baylor still had 590 yards. Um, you go ahead. I was going to say on their backup quarterback, <clears throat> I didn't waste my time watching Bears versus I can't versus Washington on Thursday. I was watching that Baylor West West Fog game. <clears throat> Drones had a couple plays that like built up the yardage, but man, we talk about Jason Bean mistakes. This kid, holy shit. He had some of the worst passes I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it, and I get it. It's a tough spot to go into. You're on the road. You're coming in in a close game in the second half. Like, obviously, you might struggle a little bit. But watching him, I, I felt no fear that he would be able to give us many issues consistently. He might have a few drives where he goes down the field, scores, but he's going to make a couple mistakes if he's the one under center or in shotgun, I guess nowadays because no one's under center anymore. But he, he just – he wasn't super impressive to me. And he's young. He's probably, what, 19 years old? Yeah, Hasn't played is. much. So, like, I don't know. If he plays, I like our chances to go in there and possibly win. But 
Shapin's playing, man. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How, especially if Kobe's out. And that's, you know, I haven't said anything since the injury talk, but when someone leaves in an air cast, like <laughs> I just kind of struggle to think that they're going to be back seven days later playing yeah. division one football. Um, yeah. And that's why I kind of said the KU staff kind of keeps things tight. I don't yeah. know if you agree with that. And I think oh, it's yeah. smart, like being in, we talked about it last week on the pod, being in Daniels, it's great to have teams prepare for two different quarterbacks that throw two different styles at you. And I don't know. I just, I think they keep it tight lipped. I don't know why you wouldn't. Jacoby's one of our best corners. I think Baylor could obviously scheme something up to beat our secondary. Kobe's obviously one of our best corners, but yeah, the difference between Shapin and drones is obviously dramatic. Like, and um, you got a red shirt freshman starting against a pretty good team that was just ranked shaping. I think he's been inconsistent. And that's what I was going to say. I feel good about KU covering and KU potentially winning with shaping. But if drones is starting, I'm all in on KU winning, moving to six and two, a bye coming back home against Oklahoma state. So I was going to ask you, it's at, I think it's at a nine point spread right now. I haven't looked in a little bit. What would, if things leak out later in the week that shapens out and drones will probably be the starter. What do you think the spread would move to? I think they moved like two points for KU when Daniels was like ruled out for this game. So probably something along those lines. I don't think it crosses seven, but it might end at seven or seven and a half. I don't know. It's always so hard though. It really just depends on like where the line moves going into that before the decision. And because it's at nine now, you know, if Shapin's, maybe they're already taking that into account. And if Shapin's healthy, it's going to go up to 14 or something like that. Yeah, and just looking at Shapin's um, game logs, like BYU, for example, I think he was 18 of 28, and he threw for just over 150. They ended up losing Mm -hmm. BYU's super well-coached team. Um, So Shapin's been kind of inconsistent. I know Iowa State hung with them. He was pretty solid in that game. Oklahoma State, he was okay. Oklahoma State won that game, I think, 36-25. So I think it's a great matchup for KU. Maybe not great, but way, way better than Oklahoma. I don't know. We should have known going into that game the up tempo was going to kill our defense. We like to rush. We like to rotate guys in. So Baylor's a great matchup for us, I think, and I think it's one of the more winnable games left on our schedule. I think Texas is going to be brutal for us. Texas mm-hmm. Tech was a game before the year that we said we could win, and even during the year when we were five and zero, obviously. But I think Texas Tech's another team that is dangerous. Their offense moves quickly. They put up a bunch of points, put up a bunch of yards, but. I think we'll be able to move it on Baylor, and I think we could slow them down a little bit. I'm not saying a ton. They put up 590 yards against West Virginia, so I'm sure it's a game that will be high scoring again. And West Virginia, it's kind of tough to really get a grasp for them because you watch KU put up 55 points against them in Morgantown. Um, Our offense really did whatever whatever they wanted, a ton of yards, so it's kind of tough to judge what a team does against West Virginia's defense. But I think KU has a great chance – to go into Waco and win this game, even with Shapin. I think Dave Arana is obviously a hell of a coach. Shapin's a hell of a quarterback. Baylor's super good. They got two electric wide receivers. They got Gavin Holmes, who had seven catches for 210 yards and a touchdown on Thursday night in Morgantown. He's um, Both their leading receivers are shorter guys, which I kind of like. They're probably really good in space. Electric, I don't know a ton about Baylor, but they have Monterey Baldwin. has 14 catches, 303 yards, and three touchdowns, so – He's a 5'9 receiver. I think Gavin Holmes is right around 5'10", so they don't have a ton of height. There are a ton of guys that can go up and make contested catches against you, which I I like that for KU. Um, they got Richard Reese. That's their starting running back. I talked about their second string potentially being out. 
So they're banged up. We're banged up. It would probably be a great time for a bye week for both teams, but I think this is going to be a super good game. I could see it being high scoring. Not sure who's going to be in at quarterback for us. I'd assume Bean. I don't see how JD would be back this quick. And obviously you have a bye coming up, so you give him three weeks of rest here. So I want to know just how you feel going into Waco. Um, do you think we'll get to 6-2? and two? And if we do, how good do you feel that this banged-up team will get a bye if they are 6-2? and two? If they get a win, man, I'm all the way back in. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't go that far yet. If they get a win, I think they can still get to like eight wins or so. I think it'd just be a good confidence boost going into a bye week because the last thing you want going into a bye, I feel like, is not having another opportunity to go out there and win a game before you take a week off. You're just going to have to sit in that loss for two full weeks, which could be a positive to a practice. But I I don't know, man. It, it's so hard for me to like have expectations for this team or decide what those expectations are. Because two weeks ago, I said they could win nine or ten games and go to the Big yeah. 12 title. And now it's like, well, can they even get to a bowl game? So it's really just – it changes every single week uh, with the injuries piling up and, you know, as the season goes on. So I, I don't know. If, if they get a win, I think we should be very confident, not only about the rest of this year, but going into next year too, assuming Lance and company stay. But it it's just so hard. I'm kind of just at the point where I just need to, like, see it happen, just watch it and make my opinions from there because – it's been such a roller coaster the past two weeks. Yeah, and that's what that's what really does upset me and kind of piss me off about the TCU game is I think if you win that game, and they had every they had every chance to. They made mm-hmm. we talked about it a thousand times last week, but they made all the mistakes. We committed all the penalties. We turned it over on the one yard line, threw a pick, missed a chip shot, didn't get some calls late. So if they win that game, if they beat TCU, and I think it's a game we could easily look back at. I really think Arlington was in in consideration. I think maybe still, probably not. There's four, easily probably four teams better than us right now. You'd go TCU, Oklahoma State, K-State. Who else am I missing there? Uh, Texas, probably. Yeah, Texas, which they somehow survived on Saturday. Hutchison needs to get cut. I don't care how good he is. Did you <laughs> see that play? Yeah, terrible. You can't. Just keep running. It's a touchdown. And everything's going against Iowa State this year. I almost feel bad for them. Every game has been tight. Um, even even the Baylor game in in Ames, I know I think they lost by a couple scores, maybe, but that game was tight. They made a couple mistakes. KU, they lose 14 to 11. K-State, they lose 10 to 9. And then Texas, they should have won that game. I think um, the last play of the game, obviously, there's some controversy on that play. Hutchinson drops it. So, and that game right there, the whole Big 12 Saturday showed me this team can hang with anyone. I don't, it's not, I don't even hesitate saying that anymore. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what any other fan base says. Okay, you can hang with any team rest of the year. I'm sure there's going to be a game we lose by a couple scores like we did on Saturday, but I think this team can rock with anyone. We've said it for a couple weeks. I don't hesitate to say it anymore. So, the Texas Iowa State game showed me we can. If this team plays well, they bring their A game, like let's say against what's a game you think we played? What do you think the best game we played so far this year from beginning to finish? Because, I mean, there's there Morgantown. Obviously, we were down 14 0. Houston, yeah. we're down 14 0, but still, they looked great. I still think it's probably Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Houston, Duke. they went on a crazy scoring run. Duke, we probably should have put them away, but didn't. But I think if this team brings it, especially in a packed booth where it's sold out. I think they can randomly beat a Texas team. I know Quinn Ewers is really good. 
Mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson is really damn good. Oklahoma State, Gundy, great coach. Spencer Sanders, great quarterback. Um, and K-State, I think they can hang with them. I'm not going to get my hopes up in Manhattan, but I'm just saying the Big 12 on Saturday, and I'm sure you agree, got my hopes up for the rest of the year. I know we lost. It sucks, but I think there's plenty of winnable games left on the schedule, or at least games we can hang. And we said it, if you're in a game late, you're – you're in a game late. It's tied. You have the ball down three. You give yourself a chance to win. They're going to randomly pull one of these games out. They're going to lose a couple of them potentially, but there's going to be games they can win. Plenty of winnable games left. They're five and two. They can get the bowl eligible this week, which I'm starting to get scared about getting bowl eligible, especially when I'm talking about all those games that are going to be tight. So I think Texas Tech, they have a chance, um, obviously, this weekend against Baylor, but Starting to get nervous about that. I'm sure other KU fans are, especially if they're five and three after this weekend. And then you come home against a super good Oklahoma State team. So I don't know where you're at with that, but pretty starting to get nervous about potentially becoming bowl eligible because you're five and zero. Oh, which before the year, you if you say we win five games, you're pumped. But then I tweeted about this Saturday. You're five and zero, oh, so you're going to have your hopes up to potentially win, like you said, eight games or so. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, starting to get nervous. I kind of want Ryan on here to kind of get his thoughts on that, but starting to get nervous about potentially making a bowl, especially since you start 5-0 and and you're already talking about, like, what bowl we could potentially be playing in. I, they got to get one more, though, right? <laughs> like, they were close enough against TCU. Oklahoma, the score was probably closer than the way the game was played, but even with that, they had chances to make it, you know, one possession game or, you know, a couple mistakes happens. If it's clean a couple things up, get JD back, they're going to get one more. I, I don't know which one it's going to be. And I know looking at a game to game where we're probably going to be touchdown underdogs in every game we play mm-hmm. the rest of the year, it's kind of hard, but they'll get one more. They, yeah. they, they'll just get one more. I don't know where it's going to come, but you said at Baylor, Tech, Oklahoma State's going to be a tough one for them. Uh, they're, they're just going to get one more. I, I feel pretty confident in that. And the other thing, I think Kent tweeted this out maybe. Maybe it was someone else, but um, the biggest thing about a bowl game is you get a whole extra month of practice, which is like for a fairly new staff and a young team, like that could be huge going into next year where if we get to a bowl game this year, I can promise you expectations are going to be sky high with the whole roster coming back going into 2023. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where the not, I don't want to say goals because that feels like a low bar to get one more win, but mm-hmm when you're talking about Kansas football, if you can just get to a bowl game, have a fun season, and then we can look back and say, hey, man, we started 5-0. and We were ranked mm-hmm. all the way up to, what, 19? Game day. Yeah, I hosted game day, sold the place out three weeks in a row, probably looking at another sell-it or two, two coming up, especially the way Oklahoma State and Texas fans travel. I'm sure they're going to bring people. So that place will be full yeah. for five of the seven home games. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And, and I mean, tech wasn't, Tennessee Tech wasn't awful. 35K. Right. On a Friday night of a holiday weekend against a team that and we had won two games. Wildcats could be. Right. Yeah. And we had won so, two games the year before. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I wanted to get into. It's like before before the season, if like you just said all those things, if you would have if we would have sat on this pod and I would have told you guys we're gonna win five games, I'm not I wouldn't have told you what five games we're gonna win five games, get college game day, announce new renovations with the stadium, um start five and oh, give yourself a great chance to go bowling, you guys would be signed up right away. Like we have Brandon McAnderson on the pod to start the year and he says five games and you should have seen all of our facial expressions. You guys were laughing. Yeah. We thought the guy, we thought the guy was crazy, but then you start five and oh, so it changes things. You're ranked. You're a seven point dog at home against TCU. So it changes expectations. It changes the outlook of everything. So it's like, if this team does end up finishing five and seven, which it sucks. We're even talking about this because the other other week we're talking about Big 12 championship and I'm not even saying we're going to go 5 and 7 but what's your disappointment level if they do end up losing out uh, I think immediately it would be pretty pretty tough but I think after a month passes by and football season goes away you can look back on it positively like yeah it like in the moment even on Saturday I was just kind of like I wasn't super mad mm-hmm. and I wasn't super mad after TCU either cuz I feel like you could take a lot out of that game to build confidence but I, I don't know. One way or another, we're going to look back on this year and be super happy about it. But it's it's definitely going to suck, especially with the last game being against K-State. Yeah. And they were the ones calling us fraudulent from the jump. And it's going to be like, God damn it, dude. Like, one more chance to get a bowl. We get blown out in Manhattan. Like, that, that'll blow for at least a week or two. That's what I don't even want to know. I don't even want to imagine what's going to be going through my head if KU's five and six headed to Manhattan. I said that. And a I team don't know we haven't beat our... since, what, 2008? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember if it was on the pod or in like a group text before the season, but I think I said my biggest nightmare scenario to ever happen would be five and six going to Manhattan and losing that game, just because of everything that would go with it, and Twitter would be a mess. I, I don't know, but I don't even want to think about that because I think yeah. we're going to get a win before. I think so too. I think and I'm positive. I'm going to be positive every week with this team, yeah, and I don't see no why why you wouldn't be. If you're a diehard Kansas fan, you've seen all the progression this program's made over the last few years. Talked about it a thousand times, but last year they were super competitive to end the year. And I think we had every right to have our hopes up this year. I don't think us, this podcast exactly had their hopes up a ton, but we saw the things changing. I think you can agree. And Mm -hmm. so, and even with the recruits, you hear, we don't need to get into recruiting a ton, but this is just an example. You see the recruits seeing how competitive these guys are. Even last week, that we weren't, we never had the lead and we never were going to pull away or probably win that game, but they compete, they fight till the end. The staff is just so good. And you can tell how bought in the players are. I think everyone sees the momentum changing. The recruits are keeping their eyes on Kansas. I know might get in trouble for this, but I know there's like a, there's a Notre Dame. um, There's a guy that was formerly committed to K state. That was 
I think he was at the KU game a few weeks ago. Like even just watching the KU game, I'm not, I don't think KU is even recruiting him, but like, even he's like, even a guy like that is taking notice. And I think Kansas kids like him, they, I think it's super cool for them to see because they've never seen KU win their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Like when KU won, like think about these 17, 18 year old recruits when KU was winning, they don't remember any of that. So I think they think it's awesome. And I think the staff has been in their ears about that, about how things were changing. And I think eventually you're going to start get, seeing us get some Kansas recruits. And I think everyone around the country sees it. You see ESPN talking about us. It's kind of crazy, like seeing Reese Davis and all those guys on game day picking KUOU this Saturday, and they're picking Kansas to win. Because they know we're going to be competitive we're going to be in those games. But I just see everything changing. I think this, no matter what, this is going to be a positive year. The game, the season's only barely halfway over. We got plenty of football left. I think they can win this weekend and everyone's back in. But um, I think, we, should we get into some Baylor predictions? Yeah, I was about and to ask. You I'm one. looking at looking at DraftKings lines right now, and I think it opened at nine and a half, and things have changed drastically. I don't know if people think Shapin might be out, but I'm looking at the spread right now, and it's Baylor minus seven and a half on DraftKings which I know is at nine. I don't know if it got to nine and a half, but it was nine or nine and a half. And so it's down to close. It's close to a touchdown spread. The over under um, 61 on DraftKings. So that, that number makes a lot of sense to me. I think it was 64 against Oklahoma last week. And I think it could be higher if Shapin was a for sure go, because I truly think both teams would score 30 points. Baylor put up 590 yards last week. We gave up 700. So I'm sure both teams will put up 500 total yards. Um, so I guess let's start with you. Where would you lean at on the spread? Baylor's a seven and a half point favorite over unders at 61. Where would you lean on both of those? Oh, I don't want to sound negative because I think they lose this game, but I'll take the Hawks to cover. I, I just, they're going to be competitive, especially yeah. if the backups plan. When, what I saw from him last week was nothing special. So mm-hmm. I think they can compete. I don't know if they'll win. I probably won't predict them to win probably like a, 34 31 35 31 kind of game yeah Um, but again even if i say that if that's the situation you're probably going to have the ball down a score with five minutes to go so definitely a winnable game in my mind i just it just feels like a tough spot with all the injuries we've piled up over the last few weeks yeah having to go back on the road against a team coming off a loss who's got a couple extra days of rest after they played on thursday um so, I don't know. It's a tough spot, but, again, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went on one. Yeah, I think I'm in I'm the same exact thought process as you, and I've been talking about it all pod where I think we can compete in all these games. I don't see why not, and I think KU fans should be on that same exact thought process as us. I think it's going to be a game even if Shapin goes. Um, obviously, if Drone starts, I love KU. I'm sure the line would move a ton Saturday morning if they announced that then. I think KU can definitely win this game. I said that last week. Probably shouldn't have got my hopes up that much, but my thought process was kind of TCU is the best team in the Big 12 to me. I said it two weeks ago. I think they're going to win the Big 12. I think they can make the playoff randomly. Two so, months ago, baby. Yeah, so, yeah, you did. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. People and forget I didn't, about that. I didn't touch it either, which is so sad. It's really, it really does suck can you to, imagine? like, predict something with essentially 20 to 1 odds and then just – not. And that almost happening in Iowa State too. Yeah, I was saying all week Iowa State could be Texas, and then I, you know, yeah. So don't I guess it. I guess my thought process was that we were neck and neck with TCU. We're trading blows with them, 
and I personally thought they were the best team in the Big 12. I thought our defense looked super good in the first half, which that might have fooled me with OU, and I talked about it earlier. OU had a ton ton to play for. You lose that game Saturday, you're not going bowling, I don't think. Nope. You have a ton of tough games left. Still got to play Bedlam. Still got to play – what? They still would have had to play Baylor. Teams uh, like that. Yeah. Texas teams Tech. like Yeah, teams like that, and – we and we didn't even talk about Thursday night, but we said this last week. There's going to be a good team that goes on the road, and it's going to be tough to win. Morgantown's so tough to win. So there's random teams in the Big Twelve that can compete. There's going to be a team that probably slips up. We talked about how hard it is to win football games, but yeah, I'm I'm with you on Baylor. I think we cover because I think it's going to be a close game. So why not take the Hawks if you're a KU fan? I would lean the over. I don't see why you wouldn't after how many yards yeah. you gave up last week. Baylor's not the same. They're not going to be up-tempo. I don't think – they definitely don't have the weapons OU does. Marvin Mims, Theo East, Dylan Gabriel, head and shoulders above Baylor's offense. So I feel good about the Hawks covering. I'm sure I'll have some money on it. It's crazy how much the spread's moving. But feel good about KU competing. Um, and then they have a bye week. We've said it a thousand times this pod. But – after this, I want to get into your big tw- official Big 12. I think we're deep enough into the season where you can kind of get a feel on the Big 12. Big 12 championship predictions, what two teams make it. Can a team – do you have any Big 12 teams making the playoff? And I guess the two teams you picked at the Big 12 title game, who's going to win the Big 12 title? I don't think we get a playoff team. Um, there's just too many good teams in the SEC. I know that sounds stupid, but Bama probably wins out until their conference title game. Georgia and Tennessee, one of them are going to finish the year undefeated probably, and one of the year or one of them is going to have one loss against the other one. So, like any of those three teams can still make it. Michigan looked awesome. Ohio State looked sick. Clemson's looked really good. I think there's a lot of teams that they would have to hop. Really, they means TCU. Yeah, I was about the only to say that's got to be our only chance, right? Yeah, I mean because I, I saw some, I saw some Texas buzz. I just don't see a two-loss team with like I know they competed with Alabama. No, and then but you lose to Tech. I don't care who's starting at quarterback. That's still a bad resume loss. Like there's they, no they're way they're just not putting a two-loss team in the playoff. And I could be wrong, but I don't. Happen. I don't see them running the table. They're going to play a super no. good K-State team if they make the Big Twelve title game. They're going to play probably a good Oklahoma State team or a TCU team. So mm-hmm. Oklahoma they still State have both of them left. Yeah, and Oklahoma State. You lose that game. If they win, if they win on Saturday, were you in on Oklahoma State playing, playing, maybe potentially making the CFP? I don't think so. Uh, their secondary is so bad, dude. That's I why like, they're, I think, they're, I just don't get it. Like, they're fine. They're good. They're going to finish ranked. They're probably going to win six or seven games in conference. They could still go to the Big 12 title game, but I just never really bought on, bought in on them going 12 and 0. I mean, look at their schedule coming up. Let me get it. They have Texas this week at home. They're five point underdogs, uh, which I don't know. Viewers may tear that secondary up, but oh, six point underdogs now. Wow. Uh, but then they go 2K State, 2KU, host Iowa State. That's probably a win. Uh, they go to Norman for Bedlam, and then yeah. they host West Vaughn. So you probably have two sure wins with home games against Tech and West Vaughn, but you have four games there, three of them on the road against the top half of the conference. Like that's going to be. Who does he might have multiple losses? Who do the Pokes play after us? Uh, Iowa State at home. Mm. I was gonna say I was hoping for a maybe a look ahead game that just screams like a high spread. Um, KU Oklahoma State if we do lose on Saturday, 
it feels like a game everyone's going to think they're going to blow us out, and it feels like a game that I kind of talked about before the year is one of those games where the coaching staff can find a way to win. Mm-hmm. But also Oklahoma State just lost to a TCU team that Kansas took to the wire. So I'm all in on – I think the one game that scares me right now is Texas for some reason. I know they almost lost to Iowa State, but I think that up-tempo, all that speed they have, all those running backs they can throw at you, mm-hmm. that game scares me the most I think the rest of the year. I kind of wanted to ask you like – what would the top two games left on the schedule be for you, I guess, in terms as you thinking Kansas can win? Um, one of them for sure, and it might sound crazy, but it's Oklahoma State at home. And we've talked about it throughout this whole pod, and we've talked about it weeks before, but the little predictor thing that claims that that's KU's best chance at their next win, I just think they're not as good as their ranking shows. They're good. Like I don't want to say they're a bad team. They're going to win eight or nine games maybe 10. Um, But then I I think it's a toss up between Baylor and tech. If we get Baylor with their backup, that's where you've been talking about it this whole episode. Like, I think that's a possible win. And then tech, it's probably going to be a similar line, maybe six, but I mean, we can go in and win at tech. I mean, the tech Baylor, those two seem obvious to me, obviously both Mm -hmm. unranked teams, Um, Texas, Oklahoma state, K state, obviously ranked and, super high powered, I guess Oklahoma state and Texas got some high powered offenses, but that's what I was kind of, that's why I was kind of asking that the top two teams that you thought we could beat because, and I don't want to keep talking about not bowling, but I'm kind of thinking about foreshadowing here. I guess if they, if they lose to Baylor on Saturday, what are we going to be saying next week about KU? That's what scares me because if you lose that game to Baylor, I feel like we're not going to have any hopes for Oklahoma state. I know you do. I'm, I'm going to think it's going to be a competitive game, but I'm almost going to get to the point where I do actually – because right now I truly think we'll go bowling. We'll find a way to win more, one more. But mm-hmm. if they lose that game this weekend in Waco, which is one of our best chances to win the rest of the year, if we lose that game, I think KU fans are going to start melting down and there's going to be rival fan bases that start, start talking about this KU team losing out. Yeah, maybe. It probably depends on how the game looks, though. I mean, if we lose on a last-second play or it's one possession throughout, I still think there are positives to take other than the result. Um, yeah. And then also injury news, if it's true that Bean's coming back for Oklahoma State or maybe the game after that, who knows? But um, that would eject some confidence too. And I don't know how much they'll melt down because after this week we have our bye, then we don't play again until November 5th. And at that point, we're, what, three days away from KU Duke champions classic. Like, and I don't want to make this sound like we would move on completely from football to basketball. No, but I think that would make it be a little easier to swallow for the majority of KU fans to know that. Yeah. Football got us to basketball season. We ask that for the Royals all the time. Just get us to football season, get us to training camp where we can start being excited about the chiefs. And then if you suck from there on, whatever. I don't want that to be the case with this KU team, but I think like a lot of fans may look at it that way. Hey, they got yeah. they kept us excited for two full months. Now we focus to the you know the real breadwinner and the the real reason why we love KU athletics is the basketball. Yeah, team. yeah, and that's that's another thing too. Is I just keep thinking about I don't even want to think negatively anymore. I've kind of talked about not bowling and things like that. Today, all I've been thinking about is what the booth is going to look like against Oklahoma State in a couple weeks if they win this game in Waco on Saturday. Because you're six and two, three and two in the comp, or what are we? We're two and two, right? 
Uh, yeah, beat Iowa State and Westfall. Yeah. So in one of the Westfall was obviously on the road. You're two and two. You beat a good Baylor team, a well-coached Baylor team. You get to three and two in the conference with another road win. We haven't won. I don't even know what the number's at, but the amount of road games we've won, like in general over the last 13 years, but the Big 12 road games, you don't get them very often. You beat a re- you beat a good team um, on the road. You're three and two in the conference, and then you get a bye. You get some guys rested up, and then you're back home against a really damn good Oklahoma State team. I think the booth would be. Pfft, Call me crazy, but probably just as hype as the TCU game. Why not? They were five and zero. Oh, I know game day was in town, so it sounds crazy. But you got another ranked team who will probably have one loss going into that game. Um, we haven't beat Oklahoma State in a really long time, so I think the booth would be outstanding. We're bowl eligible, and at that point, it feels like you have nothing to lose. Arlington's think- Arlington's probably out of the question. There's a lot of games left. A lot of teams got to play a lot of good teams, but you have nothing to lose at that point. Probably going to have J.D. back for that game, I would guess, with the way they're playing this right now with the depth chart thing. So I think the Oklahoma State game in Lawrence in a couple weeks is going to be freaking awesome. Win or lose, obviously. Anyway, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I think that game is going to be awesome. I keep thinking about beating Baylor, getting a bye week, coming home against Oklahoma State. So I'm super juiced still. I haven't lost any – I swear on anything. I haven't lost any juice at all on this program. I don't know why you would. You lost a game – um that you were tied with a top 10 team top 10 team in the country mm-hmm. you're tied with them with four minutes left with your backup qb you go into norman tough matchup i haven't lost any juice on ku i'm all in i haven't changed my stance at all i feel good rest of the year for the future so i'm pumped about this weekend and we said it the, la- the last two games oklahoma baylor win one of those games and come back home six and two i don't care which game you win and if you compete in both, you're five and three. Oh well, you get a week off. But I, I said six and two. Let's win one of them. Come back home, and the booth is going to be outstanding for that Oklahoma State game. And this will fit that point too. If, if the Hawks win this weekend, they're probably ranked again, right? They're thirtieth right now, I believe. <clears throat> and then we have you know the bye after that. So I would think if they win this game, there's a good chance that it's going to be another ranked matchup. Which to your point should be just as juiced as TCU. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm, I've kind of run out of things on the football yeah. side of things, but do you have any thoughts on being top five preseason for basketball? Yeah, I think – I mean, just talking to some of the some of the coaches about this team, they just love the, uh, the potential, I think. And I tweeted about it the other day. I watched late night. The scrimmage doesn't mean anything, obviously. But it feels like a team that's super set. At the guard spot, Bill has just been gushing over Dewan, and it's not just defensively. It's everything. He said this summer he's been outstanding on both sides. He does so many things that people don't notice because we've said this before. People don't – obviously, people don't know sports as well as other people. They sit there and watch the ball, watch the ball go in the hoop. They don't – they're not paying attention to guys guarding guys. Dewan does so many little things for this team, and he's one of Bill's favorite all time, which is crazy. He's had so many studs. So many studs that can defend. And then you got Jay Will who looked – I hate talking about the scrimmage again, but just talking to CB a little bit. He's CB is just gushing about Jay Will, and he truly thinks he can be an All-American type guy. Bill Self talked about Jay Will. He said Jay Will's got to be an All-American type player for this team to be great. I think Grady, they love him. They said he could be one of the best shooters in Kansas history. We've had pretty decent shooters come through Kansas – um, and then you got the bigs who I think they have a soup, they have a ton of potential. You got Ernest, you got Zuby, 
you got Cam, who's been solid. I think people have kind of been harsh on him. Cam's had a good good summer. You got Zach. So I think they have all the pieces, and I said it. I think this team's going to be great by conference play. I think they have some guys that are raw, but I think Bill Self, who else would you want to, I guess, um, develop these guys? And I think they'll be ready to go by league play, and I think five's a great spot for this team. And it's crazy. You win a national title, and I think Bill Self's one of the only guys that can bring back a top-five team. And he did it in 09. And I talked to Sharon the other day. He talked about 09, they should have made the Final Four. Yeah. After, they after making game. a national championship. Yeah. Winning a national championship. Um, I don't have many specific thoughts on the basketball team yet because, frankly, I just haven't looked into it a whole lot. One thing I want to say is the late night coverage was fucking horrible, dude. Like, I'm sorry. Melting down. Melting You're down. Old. And you, I get it. Like, you want to have it at Allen because it's it's Allen Fieldhouse. Like, obviously, you're going to have a basketball event there. You're revealing a banner for a national championship, and it's what it's everyone looks forward to. You keep claiming trademark issues, and that's or whatever they were claiming that they couldn't steal the you know content. Why can't you show Bill Self talking to people? What is copyrighted about that? You can't that's show him it's... talking to the fans. You can't show a video strictly consisting of your highlights that 25 people are going to take a full video on their phone of and post it on YouTube anyways. Like, I was so frustrated. And then I was looking on the guide to see what was going on. First thing I saw, Kentucky's Midnight Madness or whatever they call it. It's like, so Kentucky is able to figure it out and put it on ESP or SEC Network, whatever it was, regardless, <laughs> national TV. KU stuck watching it on their stupid app. That, that they've never done it on before never or done tested. It. And that's why it almost feels like a fabrication with the copyright thing. It feels yeah, like they maybe they couldn't lying. figure it out. Um, and Bill Self, I, I love Bill Self is the absolute go. And when he address, we've been to plenty of late nights when he addresses the crowd and talks about the last year's team, even after 2012, when they lose in the national championship, just hearing him talk about losing to Kentucky kind of made me feel better about that game. And then I go to late night in 09 after they win a national championship and I wasn't able to go Friday and it just killed me, dude. I can't even describe it. Like late night, obviously it's kind of played out. We've seen it so mm -hmm. many times, but how often do national championships come around in basketball? A tournament where you it's single elimination, got to win six games in a row, biggest comeback in national title history. And I wasn't able to go. I was super sick Friday. There's no chance I could have made it. I'm feeling a lot better the last few days. Thank God. I thought I might've died there for a second, but the fact that I wasn't able to make it to late night crushed me, dude. And I can't mm -hmm. even describe it because, and then, but I felt, I felt a little refreshed because I was like, okay, at least I get to watch it. It felt like a KU athletics app is going to show everything, right? You're going to show the pump up videos. You're going to show the NCAA title run. And that's what was the best about the Oh nine late night. It was just the best feeling in the world. You're celebrating the natty them showing Mario's three and the crowd goes crazy. The banner, we got to see those. And after I complained about it, I thought the coverage was a lot better. You get bill talking about um, the scrimmage, you get the banner, raised and you get to see the rings and stuff like that but the fact that you didn't get to see every second of it drives me crazy especially a team that we hate in kentucky and obviously they're a historic basketball program they've won a ton of natties mm -hmm. the last few years they lose to a 15 they didn't make the tournament okay you just wins a national championship and you can't get the whole thing broadcasted right it, it was really so frustrating me. and even like player intros like why can't we see those every tv in america like every cable company in america cable channel espn for example when they're showing pregame or at any point in the game they're copyright copyrighted copyright i don't know the term 
But there are songs that are being played in the background that you can hear that they won't get in trouble for. It's like, why can't we just have like Haney or Gurley chip in a few sentences every couple minutes and keep it like it's a normal broadcast? I don't know. I don't know the rules behind it. I'm probably sounding like an idiot. But it was just really annoying for them to hype it up like you could watch late night on the app and be able to tune in. I'm sure people, you, for example, I know you were sick, so you really didn't have a choice. But I'm sure there are people that were like, well, I don't, you know, it's Friday. It's been a long week. I don't know if I want to drive, you know, two hours to go watch late night. And they just like, okay, well, they're showing it on this app. I'll just stay at home. I'll watch it. And I'll have a few beers at my house. Like, I'm sure those people existed. There are way more than 16,000 KU basketball fans that wanted Millions. to watch this, be a part of it. And the videos, the clips, like those are going to do well. But like, come on, dude. If there's Figure one late, if there's one late night you want to watch, it was this, this one. one. And I don't want to be the, I got so many messages on Twitter guy, but I got a ton of messages about people right when they gave away tickets or you had to get tickets for late night. I had a bunch of people asking me for tickets and saying I couldn't get tickets. Like, can you help me get tickets? Do you know how many people couldn't get tickets and go to that? And they were probably like, okay, it's, uh, it's all right. At least I get to watch it because it's been on ESPN plus, but the one late night that people, there's been plenty of late nights that people probably didn't give a shit to watch. Mm-hmm. This is the one late night that KU fans needed to watch. And yeah, I'm just, I was gutted, man, because there's nothing like going to sporting events or an event like that, because in in person, you just get to soak it all up. Even on the app, I was going to be pissed if there was full coverage because you don't get the same feeling. You know how the hype videos are at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, that's and that's another, that's another thing with the hype videos. There's 16,000. Well, it probably wasn't completely full, but let's say 16,000 people in there. They're taking videos of the hype videos. Yeah, they're going to post Jay- them right on YouTube. Anyways. Jayhawk Slant put it. Jayhawk Slant, my guys, I loved it. I watched those videos right away, and it made me kind of – that's when the national championship kind of hit me. They showed the tournament run. I watched that, and that's what I'm saying, though, is those are going to be on the internet. They're going to get out. So why well, show basically everything else besides that? And we got to get the – we saw the banner. We tweeted it out. I with a little screenshot. screenshot in the middle of it, but just hurt. I wasn't able to re- go first off, and then I wasn't able to even really watch it. So, who knows when the next late night is when you get to celebrate a national championship? It could be this doesn't even sound crazy, it could be 20 years. Yeah, I mean, it, it was what 20, 50, it went 20 50, years and then 15. Yeah, 52 to 88 to 08 to 22. Yeah, it, they're so hard to win, often. and we're high like sky high right now in the program because. They just did it, so we're going to say, oh, why can't they do it again? Why can't, like, the bracket break like it did this past year for us? Not that we, you know, didn't deserve it, but we did catch a few breaks. Like, why can't that happen every year? The Mickey Mouse run we got. Just, yeah, the LeBron James COVID. So ring. easy. Um, But, yeah, man. Uh, One last thing. This isn't really KU-related. Uh, Arrowhead on Monday night. Was that the craziest place you've ever been in your entire life? I've never, I've, I've been saying it. I've had season tickets three years of my life, actually four now counting this year, been to playoff games, been to AFC championship games, been to hundreds of games in my life. It was outrageous. Like crazy dude. Yeah. Booing straight. And I'm just, I was soaking it up, honestly, like just looking around, looking at people's faces, um, like facial expressions, some of the things that were being said, some of the things that were being yelled profanities probably can't say them on there mm-hmm. like just seeing people's hand motion you saw the guy on twitter screaming like you're horrible <laughs> and just straight booing for 30 plus minutes you guys oh, yeah. heard, you guys heard it on tv yeah I was, so my my brother bought tickets uh because he was in town 
never seen Mahomes live. And he's like, well, if I'm in KC for a couple weeks, I have to do this. Oh, you bought tickets yeah. like 20th row, um, like 10 yard line, chief silos. So we're, we're juiced. Yeah. But like, and my, I have a complaint about Arrowhead after this, but there were legitimate boos going on from <laughs> when they made the call until yesterday. They were still booing rat. Like, the refs were calling it our ball on a fumble, and then they called like a penalty to give us a first down on third and long. And the complete stadium was booing the refs still just because he was wearing a striped jersey. Very funny to me. Arrowhead, you got to fix the parking. I left my apartment at 445 to get there on Monday night. I didn't park till 653. Like, should not take. Come on. Just, just figure it out. That's, That's what's crazy. It feels like leaving at four for a game would be plenty of time. It's yeah. really not with Arrowhead. All the traffic getting in, and then you have to park a mile away, and then you got to walk to your tailgate. So, yeah, that's Sprinted. super frustrating. That place was outrageous on Monday. I don't know if I've seen it like that before, and almost felt like it was a that call. We almost lost, obviously. The Raiders had the ball down one late, but felt like a call that almost willed us to a win. It won like, us the game. We got every call after that, too. It was insane. Defensive holding on a field goal, baby. But, okay. yeah, so – Keep your eye on Blake Shapin this week. That is a huge, huge factor in this game. He's a great quarterback. They'd be starting a redshirt freshman. If not, KU needs to win this damn game. Finally get to bowl eligible. Stop stressing us out. Get a bye week. Get refreshed. Get some guys um, healthy. And then come back to the booth against a ranked team. Super good uh, coach team. So let's win this damn game Saturday. Get to bowl eligible. Six and two. Winning winning record in the conference. and then. The rest of the year, I guess that's icing on the cake. Whatever happens, happens. We're a bowl team after going winless two years in a row or two years two years ago. Um, that's all I got to say. If you have any more to say, get it out. But let's win this damn game on Saturday. Let's do it, baby. Rock chop. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.